Brandon, your host here, and I would love to welcome you to College Talk. Yes, this is the podcast all about college access and a whole bunch of things relating to it. And today, we're going to talk about crossing the finish line. Yep, we are going to talk about the last few things that you need to do to be able to say, I am ready, I am confident. And I am going to take these next four, five, six, however many years it's going to take, by storm, boom, as soon as I put my foot on campus for the first time this fall, or maybe earlier in the summer during orientation, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in this podcast. Okay, so we're going to have three main sections that we're going to talk about today. Um, We're going to break those three sections down, and we're going to go from there. So the first one is what to do by May 1st. So let's back up for a second and talk about why May 1st is important. Um, Athletics, right? National Signing Day. Well, May 1st is not just for that anymore. It's also a college decision day. A lot of colleges, both in the state of Michigan and wider nationally, are going to be looking for your official decision by May 1st. There are, of course, still some acceptances to this. Um, Perhaps you're, you're doing a community college. You wouldn't have to necessarily know by May 1st if you're maybe choosing between two. Or perhaps you're looking between um, a school that has rolling admission that you've applied to a little bit later. Uh, and, and then a community college if you're just kind of waiting to figure some things out there. That could work out. It's okay. Um, but most colleges and universities are going to have required you to make a choice by May 1st. Um, so let's let's before we jump into what all that entails, let's let's back up a little bit and talk about the things that are going to help you get to that decision. So first is reviewing those award letters. Last time, I believe it was episode nine, we talked about the verification process. So if you have not gotten your uh, award letter yet, go on uh, line, double check your email, check your student portal from the university or college that you've applied to. And um, go ahead and log on to your FAFSA and check to see if you've been selected for verification utilizing that student aid report. Um, sometimes maybe you have been selected for verification. You have to send in a few forms. No, no, like huge, no big deal, right? Um, sometimes it's that they, you know, they did send you an email and it got lost in the shuffle. Or maybe they just posted it on your, can- on your, your student portal and they didn't necessarily notify you. Or they notified you in a weirdly worded email that also had like seven other things. And they're like, hey, by the way your award letters in there. Um, Sometimes that happens and it's okay. It's just, uh, you know, it's just the the way things fell. But you have the opportunity and the power to make sure that you're checking every single mode of communication to make sure that you haven't missed anything. And so as much as I hate to say like, hey, this one's on you, um, it it could be. And and, uh, ultimately the school can only send out so many reminders. You really have to kind of step up and make sure that you're checking and double checking things along the way part of growing up and then joining the the world of adulthood adulting right right um so say you have gotten all of your award letters now uh it's a great time to sit down and have a conversation with your parents and and figure out okay which is realistically affordable which of these schools um 
and it's also a great idea and parents if you're listening to this this is this is really directed at you um but i think it's it's important for students to take the um initiative to ask and and you know kind of take on some of that responsibility have a conversation about what that cost is going to look like um is the student in charge of paying it all you know is is the parent going to help with housing is the parent going to help with tuition and not housing whatever that looks like it's it's great to talk about it now in april <laughs> mid-april um rather than talking about it in uh june or july um or right before may when that enrollment deposit has to be paid so it's time to sit down have a a real conversation about um what the financial piece of of going to college is going to look like for both you as a student or you as parents and family um yeah the who pays what is super important i i i think it's important to set those boundaries um now and to have those conversations and talk about those expectations um it's not always the most comfortable conversation sometimes it's really easy sometimes it's not um, but it's definitely an important one so that everyone feels prepared um and feels like they've had an opportunity to uh, be heard in that situation the next thing is to make a decision honestly this is one of the hardest parts um, you've worked really hard you've applied to, to multiple schools um, they all hopefully have a few different programs that you're interested in so if you start one and you realize like hey this isn't my favorite thing there's one that you can check into but I'm gonna talk about a few things that might help to make that decision a little bit easier the first one is not always that fun um, because sometimes this knocks some of those you know number one schools for students out of out of the out of reach right and and that's a huge bummer but it's it's a realistic thing like yes you want to go to college because it's it's going to help you um be more successful in the world of work and in finding a career or switching careers later on um, however, you, you don't want to go so far into debt, right, that you can't afford um, to enjoy the reward that you get for, for spending those years um, or those months earning that certificate, associate's degree, bachelor's degree, master's, PhD, whatever it's going to be. Um, and so cost should be a big piece um, of that decision. Are there things to do that you're interested in that are off campus? Uh, so I'm going to talk about when I, I chose to go to Western Michigan University. Um, yes, I, I really liked Western as a school. It felt personal. It felt like home. I didn't feel like I was just a number. Um, but it was also a small city. Um, there was a, a local hockey team. Um, I love hockey. There, uh, go K-Wings. There, there's baseball, like the Growlers. Um, there was places for me to play music as a student, do open mic nights. Um, and that was something that I always really craved growing up, but really hadn't had in a rural area. Um, however, Kalamazoo didn't feel like a big city. It didn't feel like Grand Rapids or like Detroit. Um, you know, and, and there's even a, a pretty big size difference between those two cities, but it felt small enough where I felt comfortable, um, but big enough where I had a lot of things to do. Um, and, and I also had a lot of things to do on campus. And that was really important those first two years when, um, I didn't live on campus and I didn't have a car and I had to go everywhere by bus. Um, if I didn't feel like riding a bus or, you know, getting a ride from my friends to the movie theater once a month, 
they had uh, Miller movies on campus where you could go and see movies that were just newly out of the theater, uh, but not yet on DVD, and you could see them for like a dollar, and there was free popcorn. So it was awesome. Like I had those opportunities on campus, but there was also like two, three, three theaters right in the area that I could go to go see that as well. So um, that's one of the reasons why I looked at it was what's what is there to do? Am I going to have fun while I'm there? Am I going to just sit in my residence hall room um, and, and be bored, or am I going to be able to go out and connect with the, the community, connect with the campus, and have um, fun times and make good memories with my friends, you know? Um, your major interests, and I don't mean like the things that you really like to do for your hobbies, although those are important to make sure that you can do those at the school as well, but I mean majors that you're interested in. Um, I chose Western, again. Uh, because I started as pre-graphic design, so I actually was in the Glenn Frostick School of Art, um, and I thought I was going to love that. I was going to make movie posters. That was going to be my life. But I knew I also had an interest in forensic uh, and biological anthropology, and so one of the other reasons that I was looking at the schools that I was looking at was because they had both. Um, and, both and. There were a lot of options um, at all of the schools that I applied for, and... Choosing Western was great because in that first semester, I was able to test the waters in both fields, and that is, you know, what led me to make that switch to anthropology and figure out, okay, this is where I belong, and and I had hard conversations with faculty members, uh, my professors and stuff to help make that decision. It wasn't just me by myself, um, and I think the smallness of Western gave that to me as well, and so making sure that you can have the academic opportunities that you want, um, that you have the ability and the support to make changes if you need, uh, I think those are two really, really, really big things to think about, um, and last but not least, distance, you know, I don't recommend going home every weekend, but if you want to go home once a month, um, you know, are you going to be able to feasibly do that with how far away your school is? Um, do you want to make sure that you can get home for smaller holidays, maybe like Thanksgiving, um, you know, or make sure you can make it home for Mother's Day weekend, hint, hint, wink, wink, very important, um, or Father's Day, you know, make sure that you can be home for those things. Are you close enough to do that? That's something to really keep in mind too. So just a quick review, cost. Are there things to do? Do they have majors that you can explore that you're interested in? Um, and then distance. So last but not least in the things to do before May 1st, um, you need to pay those enrollment, housing, um, sometimes meal plan, and sometimes orientation fees. Um, when you pay that housing and or meal plan fee or deposit, that is you like putting your name on a seat like you're like this is my spot I'm here this is mine and you are it's you're locked in it's that's your that's your your goal plan so once you pay that like that's the school you're going to that's where you're headed um and they save you a seat and they make sure that you can come to campus so you want to make sure that you sign up for housing um and make sure that you have your meal plan picked out um so that you 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 are set and you do have a, a bed really in this case saved uh, for you on campus if you plan on living on campus. Um, if you're not planning on living on campus, there is probably not going to be a housing and meal fee um, or a deposit for you, and that's okay. If you're looking at a community college that maybe doesn't have housing, um, or again, like I said, you're planning to commute, it's going to be the same thing. You wouldn't necessarily have to look for those fees. The next thing is to sign up for orientation. Sometimes orientation is going to come with a fee, so keep an eye out for that. Um, and, and one of the biggest, like, ugh, I don't love it, 
Um, but it's important to remember that your financial aid is not going to be ready and available for you to use um, usually until after those deposits are paid and um, you're starting that fall semester. So it's a good idea now when you have a couple weeks um, to kind of figure out, okay, how am I going to pay those deposits? Sometimes you can put your deposits into your tuition bill um, and, and financial aid will take cover or take care of it, but make sure that you do have enough looking at your award letter uh, to cover those deposits. Um, yeah, sign up for orientation. Um, I want to get real about orientation. It's going to be hot. It's going to be gross. And, um, you might not like it, but it's where you're going to sign up for classes. It's where you're going to make your first connections on campus. Um, and it's really important to go and to really invest in the time that you're there. Um, so when you're choosing an orientation date, make sure that you choose one that works well for both you and parents and families. A lot of programs um, now have opportunities for parents and families to learn about the school um, and, you know, sometimes like write nice letters or, or figure out ways to be engaged with their student while they're on campus without being with them on campus. Um, and that's it for kind of the what to do by May 1st. The next thing we're going to talk about is what to do after graduation. Um, I have this in all bold, and it is super important. There's actually only one point for this, and it's send your final transcripts. Send your final transcripts. Sorry, one more time. Can I hear that? What was that one more time for the, the folks in the back? Send your final transcripts, please. Here's why. A, you have to. Ta-da! That's it. You have to send your final transcripts. B, if you forget and you have to send them in the fall, we use parchment.com at the, the school that I advise at. Um, if you've already graduated and you're sending a transcript, it's no longer free. It costs money now. So do it while it's still free. Why would you want to pay for something you could have done for free? I wouldn't. Um, and then... See, if you don't send them, sometimes you can still get admitted and start getting classes for that first semester. But when it comes time to start enrolling in classes or choosing your classes for your second semester, and it is intense. You got to be up and ready at 8 a.m., ready to go and registering for your classes so you can make sure that you get all the classes that you want. Um, even if they're not the times that you want, at least you're in those classes that you need, right? Um, but you can get locked out if you haven't sent that transcript in. So, A, just... Do it when it's first available right after graduation or, uh, you know, a little bit after graduation. A, it's free. B, it won't, you won't forget. And then you won't have to worry about not being able to register for classes on time. Um, so I, I highly recommend, do, I don't even recommend it. I'm saying, like, do it. That That is the choice. To do it. That's it. Send that final transcript. Okay. One more thing with that right after graduation. Call admissions and make sure you're all set. Um, I know that sometimes making phone calls is kind of scary and awkward and your brain has been struggling with senioritis all year and at this point it's just gone full summer brain. Like you are not even thinking about um, maybe you are, and that's awesome. But, you know, maybe you're not thinking about, like, okay, do you, are there any other next steps that I'm missing? Call the admissions office and make sure that your file is totally fine. A-OK, -okay, perfectly correct, everything. Like, give them a call. You have worked so hard to get yourself to where you are. 
invest in yourself. You've put so much time and effort into this that it's important that you make sure that all of that is not wasted. So give them a call. It's great practice for later on when you have to make calls um, to do phone interviews or, or, you know, do things like that. Get comfortable talking on the phone because I'll tell you right now, you're going to have to do it for the rest of your life. All right. Our last section is things to do during the summer. I know we just talked about summer brain and you just want to break. You have been going to school for the last 13, 14 years. If you did like young fives or pre-K and got kindergarten in there, you have been doing school for forever. This is the summer of transition. This is your time to be like, hey, I don't have to you know, do the school stuff until I start college, but that's different school stuff. So it's new, it's exciting, but you're not done. It's not just uh, a relaxing, you know, sleep all day summer. And it could be. Um, Finding a part-time job can be huge to make sure that you can pay for those books in the fall, all that fun stuff. So definitely try to work that out. Um, one of the biggest things I can talk about, we touched on it already a little bit, orientation. Um, it's going to happen during the summer. Some uh, universities will have an orientation where you go and really just get acquainted with um, the college or you just schedule classes and then they might have something later during like fall welcome or fall days or fall festival, whatever. Um, but you might have one, you might have two, they might just do everything closer to fall right before you move in the week before. They might do one earlier and then one later. It all really just depends on the school. Um, okay, let's get real about orientation it's gonna be hot and gross because it's the summer if you sign up earlier in the summer like early june it might not be you might be okay but if you're signing up towards the end of june or if you're doing something in august maybe in july it's gonna be hot and it's gonna be gross but stay positive and use this time think about it this way everyone else feels hot and gross too if you're the person who is having conversation or creating conversation and creating positive moments every like you're gonna be that person right you are the, the person who is actively working to make other people feel better. And that's going to be something they take note of. That might be how you create that first friend who maybe is in your wedding later on. And I'm not even kidding. That's so real. Um, those connections that you make at orientation are, are pretty strong. Um, it's going to be awkward because like, yeah, you might not know anyone in your orientation group. And that's okay because everyone feels it. People maybe don't show that they feel awkward um but they do i feel awkward every time i record one of these podcasts um but i know that someone somewhere out there is probably listening and maybe that one thing will click for them and so i keep doing it even though i i literally talk to myself and then listen to myself talk uh, as i edit so it's okay everyone is feeling the awkward um but this is an opportunity for you to connect with student leaders on campus um, who can help you maybe get jobs later or help you get connected with student organizations. It's a great time to connect with the orientation staff. Um, they would like people to interact with them and, and talk to them because they're here to make sure that you have a successful transition. And so to hear from you um, or to have you ask them questions and allow them to really you know, make sure the process is going smooth for you, I can tell you, having worked in orientation, that's going to make their day. Um, it's going to be a great time for you to make friends. Uh, some of the people in my orientation group, um, helped connect me to friends later on in life who I still talk to. We started a student organization together. Um, and 
honestly, they were, they were pretty strong in helping me get through college. Uh, and I wouldn't have had that if I had not, um, chatted with them and just, you know, as we're walking up a hill, made a joke and that was what it took to create a friendship. Um, and, and, and I don't know, it, it's, it, like I said, it's awkward. And then all of a sudden something switches in the middle of the day and it's not. Um, so remember to be open. Um, and that is everything. When you're scheduling your classes, be flexible. Everyone's going to have an 8 a.m. class at some point. If that happens to you in your first semester, you know what? You've done your penance. You might not have to do another 8 a.m. ever again. Um, just be open and be flexible. If you can't take one class that you were planning on this semester, there's a good chance you'll be able to take it to the spring semester. Use this as an opportunity to fill one of those other general education, cor education courses that might be more fun, like tennis or history of film, you know, or music appreciation, something that, you know, you're not just doing math and English and science and everything that you were doing in high school. Give yourself an opportunity and be flexible to let yourself explore like, all right, what is it that makes college different and cool? Um, be open to changes. There's going to be a lot of them that first summer, that first year, that first semester. Be open to it. It's going to happen um, rather than, you know, get really nervous and freak out about everything kind of think like is this a good change it could this be a good change and if so kind of lean into it lean into that discomfort um be open to new people be open to new ideas you're going to meet a ton of people that you have never met folks who are from different countries folks who are from different states folks who feel like they're from different countries but are really just a county over um you know it, it's going to be a really interesting exciting time and be open to all of those new things whether it's the people or their ideas be open to icebreakers um you're gonna have to do a lot of them at orientation and fall welcome and they seem silly and i'll say it frankly they seem kind of ridiculous uh and useless but they're not uh, a lot of them are based in like theory and uh, can truly help you get to know people and, and help you make connections. Um, and again, that whole thing with being awkward, everyone's feeling it. But if you lean into that discomfort and you're the person who pushes through it, more likely than not, you're going to be the person that other people turn to uh, rather than turn away from. So here's the last thing that I really want to talk about is uh, be uncomfortable. I don't mean be uncomfortable in a way where like you don't feel safe. That's not it. I'm going to talk about the three zones, the zones in a second, um, but but be uncomfortable so that you learn, right? In, in sports, maybe you did theater um, or drama, maybe you did music. The, the things that maybe you didn't feel like you were really good at that made you uncomfortable, um, you weren't sure about it was something new, you hadn't tried it yet but you gave it a go and then you kept practicing until you got it down, right? Those things that made you uncomfortable are the things that made you a better athlete, a better actor, um, a better artist, a better musician, a better student. Um, so lean into those things, those pieces of discomfort. Lean into mistakes and use those as chances to learn, right? Sometimes the best things are the hardest, right? So the things that are going to help us learn the most are the things that are the hardest. Um, being uncomfortable is, is how you're going to grow, right? And so that's why I want to talk about the zones. 
So you've got your safety zone, which is where you are feeling good. You're confident. Everything is awesome. I think it's great to hang out in the the safety zone um, occasionally. And it's great to retreat back to that process, recharge, and then get back out there. The zone that I'm talking about in terms of being uncomfortable is the learning zone. Um, sometimes, like I said, learning is uncomfortable. You're, you're stretching, uh, you're growing, you're pushing yourself. Maybe it's a little bit tiring. Uh, maybe it's a little bit scary. Like, you know, this is something new that I haven't tried. Um, maybe it's like cooking. Maybe you are afraid to straight up burn uh, a dish and you're going to set off that smoke alarm. Whatever it is, give it a go. Um, and, and make sure, you know, that you learn something from it, even if it doesn't turn out perfectly. The zone that I'm talking about with the, the being scared is the panic zone. Um, and that is where you, um, are feeling so stressed out about something that it starts being hard to function in other areas of your life. Um, you know, maybe you're so scared about something that you're not able to, to focus, um, or, you know, you're, you're actually like really panicking, you know, having a hard time breathing, etc. Um, when you're getting to those places, it's really important to reach out to the different people on campus, um, or friends and family who are there to help you. Um, most colleges are going to have counselors right there, community colleges included. Seek out, you know, that help. And, and it's not easy. And it's not, again, comfortable, but they're the people who are going to get you out of that panic zone and back into that learning zone and then back into that safety zone. Um, They want to see you learn and grow and develop and become strong, independent, autonomous citizens in this world, Um, but they want to help you do so in a way where you're learning and you're not struggling to stay above uh, the water. So I think that does it for this week's episode. Um, You know, as always, if you have questions about any of these, if you are worried about something that, um, you know, is going to come up in kind of the next few things, maybe you're like, you know what, I can't remember how to send my transcript um, and we use parchment.com or uh, maybe DocuFied. I don't know if that's still used. I might be showing my age a little bit. Um, But, you know, if if you're afraid of, of trying to figure out the line between that learning zone and panic zone, um, if you want to talk a little bit about orientation and, you know, w- what that's going to look like or what picking classes is going to look like or how to talk to somebody on that first day of class, always feel free to email me at podcastcollegetalk at gmail.com. Again, that is podcastcollegetalk at gmail.com. I uh, thank you for listening. And as always, it's a pleasure to have you here and chat with you on college time.